The following segment is from Monday, Football Monday, on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. The Los Angeles Rams, the frauds, uh, I watched this game with my dad, and he did not understand the gradient color associated with the Rams' uh, numbers on their uniforms. He thought it was lame. Can't say I disagree with him all too much, but the performance from the Rams certainly was lame. 24-16, to the final score. San Francisco back in the conversation for NFC West runner-up, the ultimate bridesmaid, because we all know Russ is going to cook that division all the way through Week 17. Kiss, your thoughts on Kyle Shanahan's version of Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll say that I saw a tweet, and I forgive me for forgetting who tweeted it. This was the the like ideal Madden game in, in the ultimate coaches protecting their quarterbacks bowl with Shanahan and Garoppolo and, and McVay and Goff. With the 49ers, kind of like we talked about with Green Bay, like they're going to be fine after this loss to Tampa Bay and it was a blowout and whatever. And last week, the 49ers kind of experienced that same kind of blowout. This week, they come out and they beat a, a, a you know, it's a, every divisional game is a tough one. And they come out and they really dominate this one. And, and kind of like what I, what I said with the Rams, I'm waiting to see. Like, I think this team is for real. I think they've changed their stripes. I think they're not as predictable on offense as they became over the years, as stagnant as they became. But you got to do it against somebody that's not the NFC East. I got I got to know that. So that's where I'm at right now with the Rams. I'm kind of holding serve to really fire off the take until next week. It doesn't get any worse than losing right now to the Philadelphia Eagles, which the 49ers did two weeks ago. <laughs> A week later, abracadabra, they were Fitzmagic, a 43-17 loss to the Dolphins. So the reigning NFC champions come into Sunday Night Football against who we've agreed, as we've said on this show, a good L.A. Rams football team. You have people making the typical laugh at the Sunday Night Football schedule jokes because they can't change the schedule on the fly this early. The 49ers come in and, and they just ask some questions like, hey, guys, remember Debo Samuel? How about the man we think is the best tight end in the league and Mr. George Kittle? Did you forget how handsome Jimmy G is? <laughs> Nowadays, everybody want to talk like they got something to say, oh, but nothing comes out when they oh, move no. their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish. No. I and smell a come up of the week like they forgot about the 49ers. This was a tale of two <laughs> quarterbacks here. Jimmy G looked like a franchise guy. Jared Goff looked like a system guy. The system didn't work on Sunday night. And Jimmy G now healthy made plays. And it's time you wait for it all show. Here it is. The come up of the week goes to my guy, Debo Samuel. Six for six does not get enough credit for, I think, the player he is and how dynamic he is, the different formations you can run him in. He is back. He is healthy. And the 49ers now are making things interesting. I don't think they win that division with all the cooking, too much smoke in that kitchen, but they're going to be in the playoffs. This looks like if they're healthy enough, they will be a playoff team, one of the seven teams in the NFC. And then you see if they can make it back. So I hate to keep focusing on this. Do you remember circa 2006 when calling a timeout right before a field goal became a thing? Like, I think I think Mike Shanahan was kind of the first one to do it. And then Dick Duran started to do it. Just it kind of became the thing where they would stand right near the official. And, and you know, that was that was like a thing for that year. I love that. This is the year. Where even though this is like because that had happened before, but even though this has happened many times before, this is the year of the going for two controversy. And any time going for two right. is is up, 
you know, we all have to talk about the analytical approach to it. Obviously, there's the Mike McCarthy version against Atlanta. There's Mike Zimmer you mentioned earlier, Pete. There is Romeo Cornell and Mike Vrabel to a different degree from this same week. I was stunned and kissed. I'm going to assume you agree because we've been simpatico on all of these so far that Sean McVay, he of uh, super fresh sensation and vibes, down nine, the Rams facing a, a nine point deficit, instead of going for two late in the game, decides to kick the extra point because you always make it a one possession game. That bucked the trend because up, up to this point, we have seen head coaches effectively kind of agree and lean on the aggressive side of the coin. This was the opposite approach. Yeah, I mean, it's a small swing. And look, I'm not surprised. Sean McVay is a coward. And he has been a coward. Oh, I don't Call know him about that. Or you don't know about that? Look at his fourth fourth down decision making. Did you see him on Hard Knocks? He he took his shirt off with his dog in the pool. I mean, millions <laughs> of people are going to see that. You got to understand. I'm not, I'm not going to call is that a, guy There a is a sense of bravery associated with that, to be fair. Uh, but I, Sean McVay is overhyped is not the right way to put it. But he, he does have some fearful tendencies that show up in how he calls plays and coaches his football team. This is a flagrant example of that. Pete, I mean, do you agree with the decision to, to kick the field goal and be a coward like he has for most of his career? I think it's smart, and as he said, to make it one a one-possession game. And I think there's an there are times for aggression, and I, I find, as I described earlier, like with Romeo, as long as you are like have the game at hand or you're still giving yourself a chance maybe you make that take that aggression but if you don't get it the game's over and so that to me is the right call it's i know it's not, not popular over. nowadays the cowboys are literally <laughs> proof that it is not over right and it's and if you don't make it later it is also over you're gonna have yeah. to go for it at some point right to me Pete, this is nothing like the romeo cornell decision the romeo cornell decision is similar to the the mike zimmer one in that there's some preference associated with that there is a little bit more I feel like being aggressive to that. The Sean McVay situation is identical to the Mike McCarthy one in that this is a variable decision. It, it isn't a matter of Let me of, just tell you something, opinion. though, RJ. Like, football isn't played on Excel sheets. Oh, here we it's played go. on the field. It's played oh, on the gridiron. It's a game of inches, and they were still giving themselves an opportunity to win the football game. Pete, you can't wear, like, reading glasses or regular prescription glasses and be talking, like, down on nerds. Like, you're a writer. What are, what are, what are we I, doing here? <laughs> I write with a pencil, and then I take that sheet and I bring it to chorus and then I write my articles. That's the type of grind that I work on. But shout out to Chris Collinsworth who tried to explain the logic in the moment here. Al Michaels, what are you doing? You man? know, pro football focus is only $30 a year. Of course he's explaining the analytical approach. Al Michaels literally said, I love analytics as, as much as anybody else, but sometimes you take the analytics and you throw it in the dumpster. That's right. That is the fight that I feel so many people, lots of our friends on Twitter have with the world is there is this, frankly, archaic way of looking at football that this is how it's always done. You always do this, whatever. And then people like Mike Vrabel, who we hoisted up a little while ago, come in and completely disrupt that, which is why, to go back to that, I am surprised that Mike Vrabel didn't go for two in that situation as well. But I just, I don't know. The perception of Sean McVay, I think on a national level, is that he is this cutting edge guy who's going to do things like that, but he isn't, which is why I think that the 49ers came out and bullied them 24 to 16. This was an impressive game to get back to San Francisco. George Kittle looks great. And I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback version of Sean McVay. Because now everybody's going to come out. Oh, you, you don't talk about Jimmy Garoppolo when you talk about, you know, elite quarterbacks. Yeah, he's not. He's not an elite quarterback. And that's okay. You know, earlier in this season, 
I said Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, no. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, yes. That's, that's the type of reversal that I have had with this guy. When he's healthy, he's good enough. And in the NFL, you need a guy like that. He's top 15. Good for me. I'm excited to watch the 49ers the rest of the season. Make sure you don't miss our next conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcasts.